Welcome, friends, to Merit's Musings. This is a podcast for educators in the very broadest sense. I am a public school teacher and a youth minister in my church and a parent. I've dedicated my life to helping people grow and learn. And I'm something of a writer and a poet, someone who loves language both for its artistry but also its power. In this podcast, I'm going to explore some of my informal thoughts on what it means to be human, especially in the context of being an educator, a minister, and a parent. I will often orient my musings around a poem I love, because any time I spend talking about poetry is time well spent in my book. I might also talk a little bit about my dogs. If you're not the type of person who enjoys a little random dog talk, this podcast is probably not the right one for you. I invite you to join the conversation. Feel free to write me with your thoughts and feedback. My contact information is on our website, meritsmusings.buzzsprout.com, and on my Facebook page. And now on to this week's episode. For this week, in the first week of June, I bring you God Says Yes to Me by Kalen Hott. I asked God if it was okay to be melodramatic, and she said yes. I asked her if it was okay to be short, and she said, sure it is. So this week's poem is God Says Yes to Me by Kalen Hott. I asked God if it was okay to be melodramatic, and she said, yes. I asked her if it was okay to be short, and she said, it sure is. I asked her if I could wear nail polish or not wear nail polish, and she said, honey, she calls me that sometimes. She said, you can do just exactly what you want to. Thanks, God, I said. And is it even okay if I don't paragraph my letters? Sweet cakes, God said. Who knows where she picked that up? What I'm telling you is, yes, yes, yes. So, this is a difficult time for me and for most educators and for families, because, of course, the news is full of gun violence in our society, and we know that uh, people under the age of 18 are more likely to die from gun violence in America than from any other cause. And I was tempted to do a poem addressing that. However, I decided instead to focus on Pride Month and this poem because I needed to hear something affirming in the midst of so much fear, pain, suffering. Uh, I found this poem and discovered this poem through the Poem 180 project from the Library of Congress. Poet Billy Collins, when he was our National Poet Laureate, put together a set of 180 poems with the hope and intention that teachers would read one poem a day for the 180 days of a school year to their students. And I have not done that. Uh, I used to work some of these into my classroom curriculum. However, curriculum is getting tight, time's getting tight, and I haven't had a lot of opportunity to add additional poetry to my class uh, work, which is a shame. Uh, And maybe something I can try to carve space for as I go. I encountered this poem uh, as I read through all 180 of them, and it's just so powerful and so lovely. And I'm so grateful for Billy Collins for putting this program together and for the Library of Congress to have it available on their website for any teacher, any person to dig through them Uh, So I encourage you to go there. 
This poem is a little different from many of the poems that I select and read to you and think about because it isn't really a great technical poem. If you've worked with me at all, if you've listened to this podcast, you know that I love all those little technical pieces that make a poem so much richer, right? Give me Love Song of J. Alfred Prufrock and I can be happy for years and I have been happy for decades going back to that poem and looking at little features. And I have to admit, I, there's a temptation. My worst self wants to go in and add in some parentheses and, and punctuation and do some, some different pieces. And this isn't that. And it shouldn't be that. It is a single piece. And the poem itself says, is it okay if I don't paragraph? Is this poem okay if I don't do all the things that English teachers and poets love in a poem. And God says, yes, because it is a great poem, even if, and maybe because it doesn't have all those layers upon layers upon layers of pretentious symbolic meaning and syntactical power that I love. And yet I love this because of that. Uh, in that technical stuff that is there, though, there are a couple of things that, that really do matter. First of all, God is a woman in this poem, and I think that's really critical for the conversation we're about to have in and around acceptance and pride, because we need to realize that our conceptions of God are limited by our culture, by our, our sense of self, etc. To some degree, uh, God, our idea of God is always an idol of God because there's always a limitation based on our humanity. And I, I love the idea of God as a woman in this poem specifically because it shakes a lot of the assumptions that we have. Um, and of course, there's no reason at all why God isn't a woman. Uh, God has many of the features in most religious structures that we associate with women and nurturing. So that makes a lot of sense and it fits neatly in here. And yet, just that single pronoun has shocking power. And of course, in Pride Month, this question of pronouns is one of the pieces that matters so much to so many people. Uh, and that's part of our burgeoning new culture uh, is this question about checking pronouns and confirming people's pronouns and people's right to control their own pronouns and the power that comes from how we identify ourselves. So putting God in the context of a she and maybe a they uh, certainly creates ways of thinking about God that may be different, just like when we meet someone and they identify their pronouns, that helps us understand how they want to be presented. I also love the fact that God uses terms of endearment, which I'll get to in just a moment. So this is a wonderful poem as we start Pride Month, because it fundamentally says, God says yes to you. Yes, yes, yes. And I think that for me, I'm trying to understand a lot about God, and I only understand a few things after decades of formal and informal study of living a spiritual life as much as I possibly can. I understand only a couple things about God. I know, though, I know that God loves diversity because she chose to make the world full of different types of life. And I think of all the plants and all the different animals and all the different types of people 
And that was a choice God made to make sure that there is this wide pattern of diversity built into the world uh, through the process of evolution primarily. And that is wonderful. So then where there is diversity, where there is variance, there is God's joy. God also loves change. See, I'm doing something new. I'm creating a new thing, says the Lord. And our God is a God who creates change and is always pushing us, pushing the world into new places, into new ideas. And finally, I know that God loves surprise, that whenever we think we understand God and what God's doing in the world and where God is, uh, we're wrong because God is always beyond us. And that is a great delight. So Pride Month for me, this celebration of human difference uh, inside of our culture, um, for me is a wonderfully religious and spiritual moment because those differences are God-generated, right? That's what I want everyone to realize is that God looked through time and space and thought, you know what? This world I am creating really needs a you in it. And it's going to be great that you're going to be in it. You are planned, deliberate, uh, celebrated. And so many people aren't, don't feel that way. And they absolutely should. And Pride Month is about celebrating those differences. Now, I will admit this is difficult for me sometimes because there are a lot of angry, ignorant, powerful people in the world who sometimes I think, boy, this world would be a better place if that person weren't in it and weren't so powerful in it. But that's my worst self. And I will also admit on a smaller scale, uh, there are times when I'm working with an intractable student that I think, man, today would be uh, a better, calmer day if I didn't have student X show up, or my worst self says when they're absent, ah, an easier day for me. And then I try to remember that student X is just starting out and has a whole life of growth ahead. Someday, that irritating, obnoxious, challenging child is going to be somebody's light in their personal darkness. God made that student, that person, to enhance the beauty of the world. And I need to always be mindful that sometimes beautiful things are prickly, like a cactus, Or sometimes they're poison ivy, and yet they're still beautiful. And I must learn to thank God for that too. So, for my LGTBQ listeners, please hear God speaking through this poem. You are loved, and you are special, and you are unique. Your sexuality or not, your individuality, is not an accident or a mistake or some random error. You were designed by God, molded by God, and most importantly, celebrated by God for who you are. And I would like to celebrate you too, even if I haven't met you. Maybe someday I will. The Lord will bring us together, and then I get to be totally impressed by who you are and who you've become. This poem really emphasizes this by using those terms of endearment. 
Uh, Emily Dickinson wrote that God is a distant, stately lover. This poem says, no, God is your mother. God is your best friend. God is that sassy voice in your life who gives you great advice, who helps you cut through your own BS, who gives you those amazing hugs that go on awkwardly long and which make even the darkest nights somehow bearable. By the way, if you don't have a friend or family member who hugs like that, uh, or who can unironically call you sweetie while telling you to pull your head out of your own rectum, uh, you need to get one. Um, and more importantly, you need to become one for someone else. Your hugs are needed by somebody. And they're right near you, I bet. Right? Uh, so go look around. And please take pride in who you are. In the poem even though God keeps reassuring, yes, you can do this, wear nail polish or not, who cares, you're great. The speaker keeps questioning God. What about this? What about that? And I think that's an important point because as humans, God's love and acceptance is so profligate, so expansive that we can't make sense of it. So we keep looking for the limit or the boundary. But of course, the big message is there is no limit or boundary to God's love. That no choice you make, no person you become will ever move you outside of God's love. That he will always, she will always love you as intensely as possible. Take pride in who you are. Now this is difficult for me because I am still struggling with self-acceptance at the 50-year mark. Uh, not for my sexuality, uh, but for a host of flaws, doubts, self-censoring. Uh, my internal talk is not generally healthy internal talk. Um, and it has taken me years of work to learn to be able to live with myself peacefully. Uh, and so far, the best I've gotten is sort of a detente uh, or a truce uh, more than an alliance. Um, I am working towards appreciating and valuing myself. Thank God that uh, she has surrounded me with lots of people who do love and appreciate me and are able to communicate that in ways that I can hear it. So this poem is personally important to me because I need to hear yes more often in my life, even though I'm surrounded by such encouragement, and yet uh, I have a durable resistance uh, inside of me. Um, I also think this is one of the reasons why I love my dogs, Theo and Toulouse, so much. Uh, it, because they're so unconditionally accepting of who I am and what's going on in my life and what's around me. Uh, there's a meme that I see upon occasion on social media that resonates with me all the time. Try to become the person your dog thinks you are. Um, and I, I roll that through my head sometimes as well. Um, as much as accepting my own weaknesses and idiosyncrasies has been a challenge, uh, I like to think that I'm rather good at accepting other people's strange uniqueness. And for that, I credit my mother. Um, I was raised in a non-traditional household, and my mom loves unusual people and surrounded uh, herself and, and us, her children, with people who didn't really fit in well elsewhere, but who made a life for themselves. Uh, I learned early on and bone deep that two things. One, there's a place in the world for everyone. And a person's strangeness is their power. What makes you unique is what's going to propel you forward in the world. 
It's not that we hide our uniqueness, it's that we embrace it and we run it hard. And that's how we make a difference. That's how we achieve our dreams. That's how we find joy. Take pride in ourselves. For my listeners who are struggling with the modern world, I understand. Every generation changes the rules, and we look back on those changes, and sometimes we celebrate them. Many of us look to the countercultural movements of the 60s as this wonderful moment, uh, but the truth is every generation also resists the changes of the, pr- the next generation. Socrates, an ancient Greek, Greece complained about adolescence way back, right? This poem suggests the key to moving forward, though, if the world is uncomfortable, is to simply say yes. You don't have to agree or participate or understand. Just let the next generation be themselves. Try to have a sense of humor. Try to have a little patience. And maybe they'll change the world. Uh, In my opinion, the world needs some changes. And maybe the next generation will be able to make it better. Or not. I would say the exact same thing too the younger listeners, if you're out there, try to have a little humor and patience with your elders. Say yes to them too. Who knows, that yes may start a great conversation that might change your perspective on the world and maybe help you make things better, or maybe not. Either way, let us all take pride in ourselves. And we need to do it for more than sexuality. Sexuality is important. How and when and whether and with whom we pursue emotional and physical intimacy is a core feature of our personality. But pride is more than that for me. Pride for me, Pride Month, is about celebrating ourselves, whoever we are, however we are. Uh, and I, I think we need to recognize that we are all survivors. Uh, Maintaining yourself, your dignity, your honor, your ability to love, your compassion, that's not easy these days. There's so many things to fear, gun violence among them. There's so many reasons to be angry and outraged. You can spend your life in fear and anger all the time. I've seen people do it. And the media is good at keeping us in that place but we are surviving. We made it through the pandemic. We've made it through such dramatic changes in our economy and our technology and our culture. We deserve to be proud of ourselves for people who have not given up, who still can manage joy and love in circumstances that are often very challenging. And then I'd love for us to extend that pride to others because their survivors of this thing called life too, doing the best they can in a world that often is trying to diminish them. Socrates, along with complaining about teenagers, said we should be kind to everyone for each of us is in a hard-fought battle. And I think it's easier now than ever to see that battle in others, at least easier than it's been in the last 50 years. So hopefully we can combine pride with kindness. And perhaps all of us can be a little more godly than saying yes to others. So those are my musings on the poem God Says Yes by Kaylin Hott. I'd love to hear your thoughts and feedbacks. You can write to me uh, via my email uh, at savahadao at yahoo.com or go to 
uh, my Buzzsprout page or send me a direct message via Facebook. Now that we're in summer, it's my hope that I will post more regularly and get back into the rhythm. Until we talk again, stay safe, be healthy, love fiercely, spend a little more time with dogs, and of course, read some more poetry. <laughs>